Hey, what's up? It's a Friday edition of Locked on Raptors. Sean Woodley with you here as always. And we are talking today about a very, very fun Raptors win over the Philadelphia 76ers last night. 115-109 with a pair of OG Ananobi assists to Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet setting the stage for the Raptors win. Really great fun time. Very bizarre game. We're going to dig into our big takeaways. We're going to talk about Chris Boucher's explosive performance. Precious Achua's uh, opposite of that. And then we also have our due to the game to hand out. It's again the segment everybody's asking for. So we will bring it to you once again to close out the show and close out the week here with your Friday edition of Locked on Raptors. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1056 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, November the 12th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, the podcast is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, whether it's the podcast apps or in video form on YouTube. You can subscribe, rate, review, Tell a friend, support the show in uh, for as little as zero dollars. It's exactly zero dollars to do all of that. So please go ahead and do that. And a big thank you, as always, for making this your first listen of the day. Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. More on them in a little bit. All right. On today's show, we are talking about a 115-109 Raptors win over the Philadelphia 76ers on the second night of a back-to-back. No Pascal Siakam, no Kem Birch, no Yuta Watanabe, but they still pull it out despite flirting very often with not pulling it out. And joining me on today's show to talk about all that went on from OG Ananobi's big-time assists late in the game, Fred Van Vliet's 32 points, Chris Boucher's excellent performance, and the due to the game, it is Katie Heindel. Katie, how you doing? I'm doing well. I have to say I felt incredibly seen when uh, Nick Nurse said the biggest metric is your heart. <laughs> As a basketball feeling subscriber, maybe he subscribed under a, 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 an, an, an alias, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's actually me. He took my name. Uh, he, 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 me and Nick are sharing a, an account. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Katie, it's lovely to have you here once again to talk about this very fun game. Before we get to that, though, I have to ask you. I, I, I don't know if this comes through on the video, but mm-hmm. whenever I'm doing my cold open and I throw to the the musical intro. I feel like I'm giving like a weird smoldering look. Not intentionally. It's just kind of how it happens. I might have to have start people start grading the smolder. Is this a thing that you're noticing or is it entirely in my head? Um, I did not notice that okay. at all. Okay. Well, I'm glad it's but not like now a, that I'm, an enormous uh, bit. Yeah, yeah, looking for it. Like... <laughs> Maybe I will notice it. Well, uh, we will keep tabs on the smolder going forward. It might be a new part of the show. Uh, just grade the smolder in the comments if you'd like. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's talk about the game against the Sixers. Uh, Again, we'll get to Chris Boucher a little bit later on. We're going to talk about the dude of the game. But 
we should probably start uh, near the end where the Raptors were down 109, 107, and then back-to-back possessions. We see OG Ananobi find Andre Drummond, your boy, on a switch. You know, you abuse that matchup the way that he should as a six foot eight dude who can handle against Andre Drummond in space. And then found Gary Trent Jr. first for a corner three with a nice little baseline pass. And then mm-hmm. uh, through traffic with like a lot of dudes kind of, you know, blocking the way. He's falling over. OG finds Fred Van Vliet in the corner for a three that ignites a Sam Cassell's big ball celebration. I am no longer allowed to talk about it. Katie gave me one reference to the big balls, and that's it. <laughs> And uh, the Raptors win. That that basically puts it away. OG cans a couple free throws later on. And it's a 115-109 win to snap a three-game losing streak. I want to start with those OG assists, Katie, because I-, I feel like this is very clearly my biggest takeaway of the game. Like, this is exactly why the Raptors have been feeding OG tons of opportunities all season long, right? Like, the sort of dependence on Fred Van Vliet to initiate everything. Not only mm-hmm. is just like a crazy burden on Fred Van Vliet, who's six feet tall and has his own personal you know, physical limitations, as amazing as he is at overcoming them. It's also just like a diversity thing, right? Like giving more options for the defense to worry about, as opposed to just knowing it's going to be Fred Van Vliet, either running a pick and roll or a dribble handoff in the crunch time of every game. This time they free Fred up to go off the ball to do his relocation thing and give OG the the trust to make those plays. I, I just what was your sort of reaction to seeing those go down, Katie? I, I for me it was just like vindication of all of the funneling of OG. Uh, and, and you know, there's been some growing pains, there's been some hiccups, but I think this is kind of the flash of what the Raptors end product should look like that should have people pretty excited. Well, first, and this will be my only reference to it, but did Sam Cassell <laughs> see it? Is there like a reaction of him or did anyone ask him about it post game if he was available? I don't know. That's what I want to know. do it with him in the house is, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, a Sam Cassell ass move, I would argue. It is. I'd like to think that he he enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I liked seeing OG as the ball handler like late in the game. You know, I think he set up like he set up Gary Trent. Um, mm-hmm. I think he also really helped to calm things down in that last mm-hmm. stretch. Like it, you know, they'd kind of edged out a lead, but it looked like the Sixers might be going on a little bit of a run uh, right. and coming back. And, you know, OG, if he can be like that kind of calm, very level man, as we know him to be, but if he <laughs> can be that way in that role, then that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I also think like, you know, you're giving Fred a lot of other opportunities to do what yeah. he did. Um, and then like maybe down the road, you're also giving Fred some opportunities to take a bit of a breather. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't happen last night as he played another 41 minutes, 40 (laughs) minutes. Uh, Malachi Flynn really just uh, not doing uh, Nick nurse, like just use him to play 12 (laughs) minutes. So Fred can play 36. That might be the move here, but either way, Fred obviously has been essential to the Raptors being good this season. And yeah, I think any way you can free him up, to do what he's literally best at and literally like got votes for finals MVP doing, which is Mm -hmm. working off ball, relocating, just being a guy that people can target. Like that is a very, very good development. And I think you'll see as the season progresses, it's not just going to be OG. We're going to see obviously Pascal Siakam, I think get a lot of those crunch time touches. I think we'll see a lot of like Siakam and OG pick and roll with Fred spacing. Like all of that is totally possible. Same with Scotty Barnes. Like he's going to have his responsibility leveled up as well. 
And I think my like overall sort of feeling on this game is that, you know, it was a very incomplete, uneven performance start through finish, as you might expect mm -hmm. when they're down so many guys. But that's been the case for most Raptors games this season. This is not a team that exudes like polish and completeness. And I think that's kind of the point. Like, I think they're still in the molding phase for a lot of these guys. And you see those little flashes and like the flashes are enough sometimes to pull out wins in spite of sections of the game where they don't score for four minutes or where they're allowing Tyrese Maxey to have his own personal layup line in the middle of crunch time. You know, those little flashes of like what the end product will be eventually are enough to a win some games and b like get you pretty excited about what it could look like down the line. We yeah. should talk about, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Katie. No, I was just going to say it's like, um, I mean the, the trifecta of like, this working so well is because I think OG Fred um, and Pascal like all know each other's game so well. They're extremely sure. familiar, but I did want to touch back to, especially when you mentioned Scotty, what we were talking about yesterday about how someone like Scotty has already ha has like such a phenomenal read of the game and not just the games that comes to him, but also the game as his teammates play it. So to see mm -hmm. him kind of fitting into that, if you're, if you're going to anticipate Pascal getting more touches, you know, uh, if this continues with OG, which, which I hope it does, they're kind of naturally trying, like ready to slot Scotty into that, right? And like get mm -hmm. him up to speed because he's shown he's got the aptitude for it. Yeah. I, his third quarter was something else. Like he only had 13 points in this game, wasn't one of his bigger scoring efforts. But that third quarter, when I mean, nine rebounds had, is nothing to like. Oh, you know. yeah. Obviously, the nine rebounds, sure. he had the two yeah. blocks, he had uh, four assists. Like it, it was a really like excellent all encompassing performance from Barnes, even if the scoring totals weren't, you know, kind of what we could, we become used to. And that was totally fine mm -hmm. when he did score. Yeah. I think he had eight points in the third, like that was so essential and really helped propel them ahead. They ended up winning that quarter by eight, 29, 21 to go up by three into the fourth. And like Scotty had one play that was just, he has one of these every night. It seems where I'm just like, how, how does a 20 year old like <laughs> do this? But he had this one play in transition where, he like he was like ahead of the team. He was the first guy down the floor. He just kind of takes like a small little pause. And then all of a sudden, before I even saw Chris Boucher there on the television screen, he's already hitting Chris Boucher in stride with a little bounce pass in traffic. And it ends with a bucket for Boucher. Like that kind of like slow processing of a possession where normally like with transition, especially with young guys and guys who are like that athletic and long and sort of spry. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a race to the basket and, you know, you kind of just barrel in and, you know, hope you get something out of it. But Scotty Barnes, not him. He's just like, all right, you know, there's a guy in front of me. I don't need to like force the issue here. Someone's going to come along. Oh, there he is. Pass done. Bucket. And, and like that was really impressive. And then like the mid range shot he hit after like all his sort of around the basket, you know, mayhem that he was causing like that was just like a cherry on top uh <laughs> i'm glad like, that and uh, obviously boucher fred had a huge up. third as well yeah go ahead. yeah i was just gonna say i'm glad that boucher made up for that because what was it in the cats game <laughs> where scotty told him to cut twice like pretty obviously yeah. and boucher yeah. just completely <laughs> ignored him so i'm glad boucher made up for that you gotta trust this guy he might yeah, be 19 yeah. <laughs> but he knows what he's doing yeah, he seems to have a pretty good uh, awareness of what's happening on the floor and where everyone should stand. Um, mm -hmm. You know, before we move on, I also just a shout out to Fred Van Vliet for his third quarter in particular, like the the buckets he offered just like I would mentioned the Tyrese Maxey layup line. It was kind of like that for Fred, except the layups were like hilariously difficult finishes with the left hand off glass through traffic and stuff. 
Um, I mean, we're kind of seeing a new level of Fred Van Vliet this season in terms of shot making and just sort of mm -hmm. able ability to bail out the team. Um, you know, his true shooting is up to like 56%, which is a nice little peak after, you know, kind of being down in the 51, 52 range. Um, so certainly, you know, as much as OG, I think, gets the plaudits for the late game assists, I think Fred Van Vliet, like the reason they're in this game is probably because of yeah. how Fred and Scotty played in At that all. third quarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like Fred playing like that all game, I think. Like, I think that yeah. was just like his kind of grit. You know, we got a shout out former recent dude of the game, that mm. title. I was very apt to give it to him yesterday because he yeah. basically just dug in and was like, no more um, yeah. after that Celtics game, you know, and like he kind of strung them along until basically, you know, his teammates finally decided to dig in and help him out. But like 32 points on 11 of 22 shooting, I think like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, thank you, Fred. <laughs> Yeah, six boards, seven assists as well. Team best mm -hmm. plus 14. Fred Van Vliet, uh, very, very good at basketball, as it turns out. We <laughs> will continue on, Katie. We're going to talk about Chris Boucher's big night, his best game of the season. Maybe Precious Achua's worst game of the season and how the big man rotation could be affected as it seems like Pascal Siakam, well, he will be back the next game on Saturday. Ken Birch hopefully nearing a return. And Yuta Watanabe seemingly back within a week as well. We'll sort through that mess in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at McDonald's, who are proudly serving communities still and have been since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where family, friends, pals, uh, you know, enemies, whatever it is, can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge after a big game. It's the place where you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel I'll tell you a story about McDonald's. I have lots of these anecdotes about McDonald's. I've been quite a few times in my day. Uh, I was on a class trip down to Florida. We were on a bus and we stopped in, I want to say, ooh, somewhere, I can't remember the town, but it was in South Carolina. We stopped at a McDonald's in South Carolina and went in and I was just having such a time, having such a great, that I lost track of time and almost missed our bus and almost got left at a McDonald's in South Carolina because uh, it just inspired me to be tardy and, and not get back to the bus on time, despite the many warnings from the bus driver that he would just leave us in the lurch if we were not there at the time we were leaving. So thank you to McDonald's for roping me in and almost leaving me in South Carolina, but it's just that fun to go. Uh, by the way, they also have sports at McDonald's. You can watch sports there. They have televisions. World Cup games, whatever it is, you can go watch soccer. I don't know why I always use the World Cup example. You can watch any other sport there. I just know I've personally watched World Cup games there. Either way, head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked On Raptors watch party? Hmm, there you go. Who's to say? That's a nice little tease. Either way, thank you so much to McDonald's for sponsoring the podcast. I'm loving it. Today's show is also brought to you by our pals over at betonline.ag who are back and better than ever with a new web interface to start the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile, web mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word. From basketball, football, baseball, the, the, the futures for next season, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, Katie, let's continue on here with your first listen of the day. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to us first thing in the morn. Uh, Katie. 
Chris Boucher had himself a game last night. 17 points, six boards, seven of 12 shooting, two blocks, played 24 minutes. Easily the best game he's played so far this season. And uh, he was an absolute treat to watch. He ended up playing a little bit in crunch time. He ended up playing, you know, either the four or the five, kind of oscillating back and forth. Did it all pretty admirably. Looked like he was in position on defense in a way he has not been at most times this season. What were your impressions of Chris Boucher's explosive game against the Sixers? I think it showed what's kind of been missing all along with Boucher like coming back this season, which is um, good patience uh, and good reads. Because mm. he seems, I mean, I, I don't know. Like it, you could you could probably chalk his first couple of bad performances to just um, – you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time and just like bad luck kind of mm-hmm. like the, sometimes sure. that just happens right on the floor, but it was getting a little bit too consistent <laughs> to feel like it was always just, um, you know, that's always just spontaneously what was happening. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like him, especially those late points that he had to help bring the team like back from being down 10 were super worthwhile um, to mm-hmm. just like help, help to like dig them out of that hole. That's kind of the boucher that I, like and missed you know this kind of yeah. clutch very stealthy could kind of like pop up from anywhere uh and knock one down mm-hmm. so i like it um and i think it shows too that like he's worked through you always like it when a player can like work through a bad stretch like that sure right yeah and like come out the other side of it and not look too frazzled not look like it's really affected them to just like trust themselves in their game that they're gonna get back to where they know that they can play, right? You know, like we've seen him warming up and in practice and like he plays a lot better than that. So there was mm-hmm. just something that wasn't really out, al- you know, al- alchemizing on the floor. <laughs> um, really, not to get too mystical yeah. about it, but no, I'm, I'm happy for him. <laughs> it was a good game for him to like to, to do that. I mean, it sucks that Embiid is out, like, yeah. but I think like it kind of gave Boucher an optimal stage to have that game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was, it's weird because the thing that you kind of like about Chris Boucher is that he brings chaos and like kind of is this wild card. who can kind of come in and just like all of a sudden he's dropping 20 and he's won the game for you at the same time. Like I think he's at best when the chaos is controlled. And I Mm -hmm. think more often than not this season, it's not been very controlled. Nick, actually, even in this game, I think in the first quarter in particular, we saw like the bench lineup rolled out there that was Boucher and Achua in the front court. And that was just too much chaos. I, I think my theory from the start of the season that playing those two together would just be a little bit too much to handle yeah. uh, is coming true. <laughs> it's just like it's a lot of enterprising dudes trying to do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing but they feel emboldened because it's like the second unit or whatever. And like Nick Nurse and Bolden's guys, and that's a good thing, but both of those guys together, it's a lot of miscues. It's a lot of sort of like overzealousness. And we saw that kind of play out in that first quarter. Even Boucher had a couple of like kind of out of control, weird like push shots that he tried to put up through traffic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But in the second half in particular, you know, he kind of just becomes more of like a, a you know, a transition like hound where he's just like, all right, I'm going to run the floor. You're going to find me and I'm going to dunk it. And that was a really effective way for him to go. He hit the one three as well, which was huge. Um, but I honestly, I was even more impressed with him on defense in this game. He kind of offered that back line that the Raptors don't really have all that often unless Ken Birch is in there. And usually 
you know, there have been possessions so far this season where he's looked like Matt Thomas used to, just kind of like running around trying to find the guy he's supposed to be defending when the ball is on the other side of the floor. Yeah. Just like a, a kind of a mess. And I thought he was way more controlled on the defensive side of things in this game as well, like around the basket. And we got called for one foul. Uh, it might have been on Maxi where it looked like he could have said it was all ball. He asked for the challenge. Nick Nurse didn't do it. You know, I think he, they might have won that one, honestly. It just wasn't a very high leverage point of the game. Mm -hmm. But overall, like a really controlled game for Boucher. On the other side of things, Katie, Precious Achua, not so much. Uh, he played 30 minutes of this game starting in place of Pascal Siakam. Four points, nine boards, two assists, two steals, three blocks. I thought he was very good defensively. He picked up the counting stats to prove it, but... On the offensive end, 1 of 10, 0 of 2 from 3. Thankfully, one of his missed threes was such an air ball, it looked like a pass into the waiting mitts of Scotty Barnes, which was nice. Um, but I, this was as mm -hmm. rough an Achua game as we've seen, I think. Where are you at with Precious right now? Because I, I get, you know, totally that Nick Nurse wants to keep sort of giving him opportunities, see if he can kind of work through things. At the same time, it seems that all of the team's worst spells of play tend to come when he's out there just trying to do stuff. The dog Sorry. doesn't like it either. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, where are you at with Precious and with Siakam, Birch, and Utah all on their way back soon? Mm -hmm. Do you think Precious maybe stands a risk of losing his rotation spot based on the way he's played recently? Um, he's going to have to lose some minutes necessarily, right, when those guys come yeah. and get work back in. Especially, I think, like, what we've seen – and what I miss a little bit, especially in these like last few bad losses, is the mm -hmm. steadiness that someone like Utah brings back yeah. uh, into the game. Uh, and in terms of just playing a more traditional like center role, which mm -hmm. is what it seems like uh, Precious has been having some trouble with. Um, granted, like I'm really not on this bandwagon that's like he should be. <laughs> You know, he should lose all his minutes. Like sure. this, this struggle is kind of indicative of something greater. I really don't think it is. I think when he, what he spoke about in practice right before the team went on the road, I think was the clearest explanation he probably could have gone for what he's going through right now, which is <clears throat> feeling a little bit strung out essentially mm -hmm. by having to play. If you're asking someone like him who's in his second year to play positionless, really yeah. fluidly like we don't talk enough about how good you have to be to actually be good at playing a pos like positionless yeah. basketball you have to sure. know how to do everything and you have to know when to do it right yeah. you have to know when to like step back and be like you know what i'm just gonna i am just gonna play the, the role of a traditional big in this game that's where i'm the most useful or like i should really shoot and i should shoot through any slumps because that's what the team needs right now sure. and he said he's trying to learn or he has been learning a lot from Ken Burt in terms of just mm -hmm. like Ken pointing out like Ken being a traditional center or like the most traditional center the team has right now uh pointing out to him like <laughs> what he should do uh, and when he should wait and kind of sit back so I think this is just a little bit of a plateau for him yeah um, a little bit of a kind of a struggle in that uh, he's a really young player. This was the most sustained minutes he's ever gotten. He didn't get to play like this in Miami. He was never asked to play like this in Miami. So you're yeah. also kind of asking him to take on a completely different skill set uh, and be good at it. And like, that is the expectation the Raptors have. You sh he, they should be able to ask him to do that, but he's mm -hmm. got to, you know, he's got to get there. Uh, and I think he's still getting there. Um, I think in a game like last night, it's just frustrating because as you mentioned, like he was so good defensively, but he kept yeah. trying to push through to something offensively. And like, that's a good example of what I was saying before of like knowing when to read the game and be like, you know what? I'm actually going to be the most impactful on the defensive end. 
mm-hmm. and I'm just going to try and create opportunities on the like offensive end for my teammates. And I'm going to like step, like take a step back and not yeah. try and make like hero ball shots, you know, or try and just like, <laughs> I know some people have said like, oh, he's playing really selfishly. He's just trying to like pat his own stat line. I don't really think it's that. Cause like what use would he have for that? Like, you know, yeah. Nick nurse and his coaching staff don't really look at those kinds of things when they're deciding what the rotations are going to look like. Like that's just yeah. more of like a pure, I guess like selfish thing. And it's way too early in the season. I think for for somebody like him to be playing that way. Also, I really don't have the sense that he's that kind of player in any of my interactions with him. So it wasn't great. And he has had a few rough games, but I also am not really ready to to write him off yet. And I think it's way too early to do that. Yeah, I I mean, I think like it's very clear that there's something within Precious Achua that's pretty interesting, right? Like he's Mm -hmm. a six foot eight, six foot nine thick dude who can like hang with bigger guys on defense and like he's got a handle that you shouldn't have when you're that big (laughs) and that's a really interesting thing to sort of build upon and I think you know I I don't think any of his missed shots like he goes one of ten I don't think any of it's like bad intentioned gunner stuff right I think it's just him again trying to figure out where he can attack best and it's just he hasn't quite found that sweet spot yet Mm-hmm. I, that said, I do think he is probably in line to lose some minutes pretty significantly once Ken Birch is back in particular, because it does seem like the Raptors want to go with the small ball set starting five most games. And I, I, I'm i happy with that. That's what I want to see. I think they've done a lot sort of working Scotty in as a center. They closed with him uh, for a stretch last night as a center as well. And I think that's just like, to me, the optimal Raptors lineup you can find. And so if that means Kem's coming off the bench, that means someone is going to lose minutes among the Boucher Utah probably Svi is in that mix too and then a Chua mm-hmm. group like maybe even two of those guys are going to be down minutes pretty bad and, and I think Precious just the way he's played you know I, I can see the Raptors maybe still sort of investing in him and maybe having him ahead of Boucher at, you know maybe not just using one Boucher game to kind of throw him back into regular 20 minute a night rotation mixed but I, I think you know that th- there's there's certainly an argument to be made that Precious could be kind of reined in a little bit and kind of Work work on his stuff along the side, perhaps, and then work him back into the rotation later in the season. Obviously, injuries will come up and things like that. I don't think he's going anywhere, but um, you know, certainly you can I almost think, see, yeah, like where his where he's trying to fall back to what's comfortable for him. Because I don't know if you yeah. remember, but like early in the season and definitely in the preseason, Nick really celebrated and like seemed to love so much his ability to go coast to coast, as Nick would say, right? Yeah. And it seems like Precious is trying to kind of settle back into that as a rhythm to get comfortable, which makes a lot of sense in his gameplay, but it's not what the team needs at all right now from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can leave that there for now. Uh, great game for Chris Boucher. Awesome to see. Precious Achua still working it out, but that's okay. Hopefully reinforcements are on the way for the front court soon. Katie, we are going to talk on the other side about the dude of the game, the segment that the whole world is clamoring for, future <laughs> award-winning segment, the dude of the game, as we will dig into a player from the Raptors who we haven't really talked about yet, who was critical to the Raptors' victory. We'll get to that in one second here, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar for making the best tasting protein bars in the world, and Thanksgiving, November, it is Built Bar month, baby. It is the time for Built Bars to shine you might be, you know, thinking about, all right, well, I got all these like dinners I got to go to. I got Thanksgiving. I've got Christmas dinner coming up. 
It's a lot of heavy foods you're going to be eating. Maybe you're thinking, all right, in order to sort of balance things out, I'm going to maybe go lighter on the desserts this year than I typically would. And I can d- dig into the savory stuff and really kind of make that uh, my, my focus. And if you want to do that, Built Bar is a wonderful way for you to help you get yourself kind of weaned off those 300 calorie a pop slices of pie. Instead, go for a Built Bar. You have a Built Bar flavor to match essentially any flavor of pie out there, and they come at 130 calories compared to that average of 300 for uh, your your pies. And that's actually in the low end. It's not even the average. The more pie slices are going to be up to like four or 500 calories, 130 calories for a Built Bar, four grams of sugar, and plenty of protein. Why not replace that you know, the raspberry pie with a raspberry built bar or any other pie with a built bar of a similar persuasion, low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein covered in 100% real chocolate built is great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough for you, don't worry about it. You can just go have a built bar right now. It doesn't have to be on a holiday. You can have it whenever you want. Share some at your family gatherings, bring a large bucket, toss them at your grandparents, see if they like them as well. It'll make uh, and you can certainly, you know, maybe your grandmother or your aunt, it has uh, an affinity for built bars that you did not know. Maybe you've brought the joy of built bars into their lives. Either way, you're getting new surprises all month long at built.com. So check regularly over at their website. It is, uh, you know, you get limited time flavors, sales, things like that. And there's nothing like a built bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of fun surprises. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15, L O C K E D 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Katie, it's that time that everybody's <laughs> been waiting for. Everybody has bated breath going into every new episode of Locked On Raptors after a game. It's time for the dude of the game. Uh, I submitted my suggestion to you before the show. You I'm did. curious. I, I I will give you the the courtesy of choosing the dude of the game as today's guest. You did such a great job with Fred yesterday. I I've given you my input. You can take it or leave it. Who do you have as your dude of the game? Well, you know what? This is tough. I'll say my runner up because Gary showed up for twenty points and he mm. also let Van Vliet and Barnes take a break, like take a rest. Mm-hmm. Maybe the only <laughs> rest Fred got that whole game. But your point, um, and your hoped for choice of Svee does make a lot of sense because Svee was in there getting offensive boards. And I think Mm -hmm. last night they had like 16 offensive rebounds that led to 32 second chance points, which like, honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, this half court offense is still looking a little ratty. So if all their points are going to (laughs) come in transition and you're going to make up for it with those second chance points, you need somebody to be able to do that like night after night this is how they're gonna mm-hmm. win games i think at least for like the next little while so i'm happy to give it to svi svi Mihailuk, the <laughs> dude of the game we love to see it the, I, the caption's the wrong color there we go i fixed it dude of the game uh his first Diva. dude of the game victory <laughs> i agree this was my selection coming in look pretty quiet game overall five points two of five shooting just one of three from downtown but he had those three offensive rebounds you mentioned. The one offensive rebound he had late in the game where he like ripped it from Andre Drummond, if I recall, yes. then yeah. whipped it up to the top of the arc. It swung over to OG on the left wing. OG hits a big three. That was huge. And then he hit a three as well on a gorgeous pass from Fred Van Vliet. Like one of the best cross-court passes I've ever seen Fred throw. Hits Fee in the far right corner in that fourth quarter, I believe, as well. 
that was a massive three. It feels like every three the Raptors hit in their half court offense is like an it achievement. Is. And so <laughs> that one was uh, a really big one as well. So yeah, hard to, uh, I think, you know, there's lots of other candidates. You mentioned Gary Trent Jr. was outstanding in this game. Um, you know, he kind of is, my theory is that Gary Trent is the new Serge Ibaka where, uh, you know, you just need a guy to finish off plays and boy, is he going to be very okay with finishing off plays for you most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also happens to be like an absolute menace on the defensive end in this game. Uh, another two steals for him also had four assists. We're seeing a little bit more in terms of playmaking from Gary Trent Jr. So I think a noble runner up, but very happy to give Sviji his first uh, due to the game win of the season. I guess we can kind of tie this fee thing into the conversation we just had, Katie, because like once again, the rotation crunch is coming. Ken Birch hopefully back soon. Utah Siakam, like people are going to lose minutes here. Nick Nurse does not like to run a 10 or 11 man rotation. He ran an eight man rotation last night on the second night of a back to back. He likes to have his dudes. I'm curious with the way Sfee has played. Is there any reason why he would lose minutes as guys come back here? He feels like he's kind of one of Nurse's trusted dudes at this point. I think Nurse at this point, like he kind of he trusts him to come in and do what needs doing, right? Like he sure. trusts him to kind of put on these pest moves, which is again how the <laughs> Raptors are winning games. So mm-hmm. the ideal would be if you're going to give Utah uh, more minutes, uh, and if Kem's going to come back in and kind of steady the team out, you can still trust V to come in and almost like be the fixer where you need him to be. Um, So yeah, his minutes will probably go down, but I don't think it will have anything. Like it's not a reflection of his playing. I think it's just like, he see, he strikes me as the kind of player who stays ready, you know, and will be Mm -hmm. able to like come in and again, just like do what you do, what you need him to do. I'm also finding that he's really unlocking a lot of the lineups that I like to watch the most. And I think that kind of produced the best offense because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of spacing out there. And I think, no, Nick Nurse made a smart move late in this game, as well as Boucher was playing. He made a sub, I think, with like four minutes left, where he took out Boucher, put in Svee, and they ran with Fred, Trent, OG, Svee, and Barnes at the five. And I really, really like that sort of, you know, the, the extra sort of shooting that Svee sort of breathes into those lineups. And mm-hmm. obviously, once Scotty Barnes, once Pascal Siakam is back, you would figure their closing lineup is going to be their, their starting five that they've rolled out since Siakam got back. But I do think if ever you get into a position where, you know, maybe Scotty's not spacing it super well or, you know, Trent's having an off night or you just have those in-between lineups throughout a game that you're looking to add a little bit more juice to, I think Svi in those small ball configurations, because he's like six foot seven, because he's kind of mean, you know, maybe he's not the best like point of attack defender, but he's going to fight. He's going to get those offensive boards. He's going to kind of throw a bow or two. I think he is a really nice addition to those lineups. And I would certainly have him... Like if I'm sort of tearing out the bench guys on the team, you know, I would say Kem Birch is kind of in a tier of his own at this point. You know, he's the most reliable guy, I think, coming off that second unit if he's going to remain in that second unit. And I would throw Svee right in that into that mix as well, because I think mm-hmm. he just is pretty steady. Yeah, he'll have some games where maybe he tries to do a little bit too much or he doesn't shoot very well. But he's doing some small things on the sides that are uh, helping the Raptors seemingly every he's game. dude. Yeah. What's that? Sorry. He's a gritty. He's a gritty dude. That's what that is how you win dude of the game is be a gritty dude. Be a dude and you will be the dude. Uh, Sure. Uh, (laughs) Let's leave it there, Katie. That will be the end of today's (laughs) podcast. Congrats to Svi on his first dude of the game win. Uh, With that, before we go, Katie, anything you would like to promote for the good people out there? 
Uh, going into the weekend, you can subscribe to Basketball Feelings at basketballfeelings.com. I actually might have something out on Precious Achua soon uh, on all the things cool. we have just talked about. So you can look Excellent. for that probably at Dime. Wonderful. Everyone go check that out. Go subscribe to Basketball Feelings, just like Nick Nurse definitely has. And uh, we will talk <laughs> to you Stop sharing your account with Monday. him. He can't afford his own <laughs> subscription. <laughs> Yeah, I have to send him three fifty a month. We split it. Uh, he's very, very uh, mm-hmm. like meticulous about making sure the split has been achieved each <laughs> month. It's wild. Um, but yes, please go and subscribe there. And uh, yeah, support the podcast. We'll be back again on Monday as we will talk about the game against the Pistons and tee up a road trip where they'll be taking on the Blazers. Maybe our pal Mike Richmond will stop by. We love Mike Richmond over here. Uh, and we will talk about that Blazers game. The Jazz are on tap next week, too, as they go out west. Uh, but they got Dwayne Casey and Cade Cunningham and friends in Toronto for their last home game for a little while on Saturday. We'll break Sadiq. that all down. Sadiq Bay, Big Stew, Beef Stew? No, not Big Stew, Beef, beef Stew. stew. Uh, beef stew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun, fun Pistons team, if not very good right now. Um, but that'll be uh, talked about on Monday. In the meantime, you can subscribe to, rate, review, tell a friend, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated when you support the podcast in any way, free on all of your favorite platforms. And with that, we will talk to you on Monday. Go make your second listen of the day, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, as Josh Lloyd is very good at what he does. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend.